Hello, Health Investor. Welcome to another episode of the Health Investment Podcast. Today, you're going to hear from Jason and Tina Marie Scott, hosts of the weekly podcast, Loving Beyond the I Do. Jason and Tina Marie are committed to building stronger marriages mentally, physically, financially, and spiritually. They are empowered and dedicated to help married couples build, maintain, and have the ultimate marriage. Their goal is to emphasize the importance of building a strong community of remarkable couples who are succeeding in tackling life's demands and issues in marriage. They use knowledge and experience to provide tools, techniques, and a hands-on approach for working together to find solutions that will establish healthy, happy, and unbreakable bonds in relationships. In the episode, Jason and Tina Marie share how to make date night a priority even when you have kids, tips for arguing more respectfully, common misconceptions couples have about what makes a happy marriage, and more. But before we get to the episode, I want to share one of my favorite resources with you, Dry Farm Wines. Did you know that alcohol manufacturers aren't required to post ingredients or nutrition facts on their bottles? That's how they're able to sneak in sugar and other additives to their products. Fortunately, Dry Farm Wines has come up with a solution. Their natural wines are lab tested to ensure they're sugar-free, lower in sulfites and alcohol, and also free from other industrial additives. Since I've grown accustomed to drinking natural wine, even top-rated, expensive, conventional wines can give me headaches and make me feel kind of gross. If you've never tried Dry Farm Wines, you're going to be immediately hooked by the flavor and quality of their products, as well as their top-notch customer service. To get a bottle of Dry Farm Wines for just a penny, visit dryfarmwines.com slash thehealthinvestment or click through the link in the show notes. And one final thing, if you've struggled to lose weight and keep it off, I'd love to connect with you in my group or one-on-one coaching program. Unlike one-size-fits-all, restrictive, quick-fix diets that only provide short-term results, I help clients master the skills needed to lose weight permanently, feel completely in control of cravings, have steady energy throughout the day, and stick with healthy habits long-term. To learn more about my coaching programs, visit thehealthinvestment.com or follow me on Instagram at thehealthinvestment. All right, let's hear from Jason and Tina Marie. Enjoy. I'm Brooke Simonson certified nutrition coach and your host of the health investment podcast. If you're ready to look and feel your best without any confusion, frustration, or stress, you're in the right place. Each week I interview experts and share no nonsense research backed tips so that you can finally lose weight for good, eat healthy long-term, have the high energy you crave, and feel like a million bucks. I'm so happy you're here with me today. Don't forget to hit subscribe so that you never miss an episode. 
Hi, Jason and Tina Marie. Thank you so much for joining me today on the Health Investment Podcast. Hi, Brooke. Thank Hi, Brooke. You. Thank you so much for having us. Yes. We greatly appreciate it. Thank you. We are so honored to be your guest. Yes. Well, we connected first on your podcast, which was super fun, and I felt like we were all the best of friends we by the are. end of it. <laughs> yeah, we definitely are. So this is very exciting to now get to talk with you again. I've been looking forward to this. Yes, so have we. Yes, we have. So so wonderful to switch switch the tables now. Totally. And you guys have a whole different field of expertise, which is helping build strong, healthy marriages. Um, on your website, you say, we help married couples build, maintain, and have the ultimate marriage. I would love if you could tell us a bit about your background and what made you start this work. Ah, good question. Right out of the gate. Thank you. Well, <laughs> Well, I'll start. Um, you know, why we started, what's our background? Our background is, you know, we are entrepreneurs, one, and we've been in business for 20-some-odd uh, years in the networking technology field. But we've been married for 31 years as of the time of this recording. So hmm. over the years, people have always, couples have always come to us, and we've always sat down and talked to them about relationship-type issues for years and about parenting stuff. So people would always say, well, you really need to help couples. I'm like, nah, we're good, we're good. But as it went on, I'm like, yeah, I think we should because people keep coming to us asking the same questions. And after a while, it's like, maybe we should invest in this. Maybe we should start to actually help more couples. So that's what we set out to do, to, to help more couples. So part of our background is that we got married really young. And mm. um, most people would say, during that time is that when you get married young, your odds, the odds are against you. But I think we had a very good foundation because we were friends first. So it kind mm -hmm. of made the relationship um, a little better because not only were we partners, um, but we were friends prior to us dating and getting married. So it gave us an edge as to understanding the other person without having to put on the front as to who we were. You know, sometimes when we meet someone we pretend that we're someone else but we had already known each other as the real jason and tina marie so when we got married there was nothing to be revealed we already knew each other so i think that was a, a a big a huge part and then what made us get into this work is that i think um people can it's not what you say but again like we said before is what you see mm -hmm. so people saw that we had um something unique something different a strong foundation um a good relationship you know we we're able to communicate and effectively in public. And I think we just had something that other people saw that we thought was just normal. Right. When, so when people see you, maybe some people would think, oh, they're just lucky. They found the perfect person. But from what I'm hearing you say, you're doing also a lot of work that people aren't seeing behind the scenes. So your level of connection is possible for other people if they do that work? Absolutely, absolutely. It's, it's important to continue working on your relationship and yourself because we continue to work on everything. We can't buy a home without maintaining it. We can't purchase a car without maintaining it. So your relationship is the same thing. And it's not that my home is better than yours, is that you can have exactly what we have if you're willing to maintain it. Yeah, we work with what mm -hmm. we have. So you can't look at our relationship and say, I, I want that. You can't have this 
because I know that you're not going to want to put in the time, the dedication to have this, but you can have what you can have with the tools and the things that you have. You too can have that type of relationship, the best relationship as you can that you, you know, whatever you put into it. So that's what we have. You know, we, we instruct couples, don't look at this because this is a lot of work. Even before we got to this, this, this point, not a lot of work. And like, we had a bad relationship, baby, but just, just a lot of work because, you know, it takes studying, it takes work, just, you know, becoming a better person, understanding your mate. So it, it, a lot goes into having a healthy marriage. So we, you know, that's what we have to show other people how to do understanding that you don't want well understanding that um you shouldn't look at someone else's relationship and want the same thing you should want the your relationship to reflect you i think that's Mm -hmm. more in terms of it because uh when you're when you're trying to emulate another couple you're not being real to yourself and you're not in the relationship with someone else you're in the relationship with your partner so we each have to um work on our strengths our differences our weaknesses so that we can actually get the ultimate marriage that we were supposed to have as opposed to trying to get the ultimate marriage that someone else has Mm, i love that and i think it's just great right off the start to debunk i mean I think some couples do put a lot of work into it and then do appear from the outsider's perspective as, oh, you guys just lucked out or (laughs) they chalk it up to luck or, you know, they don't, nobody sees everything that goes on behind the scenes and all of the work that you're talking that you've put into it. Mm -hmm. And so maybe just think I chose the wrong partner or, you know, I'm not as in love with my partner as they are, but it takes a lot of time and to kind of like keep the love alive and just to constantly be growing, as you said. Yeah, I think it takes intention. You have to be intentional about the relationship that you want to have Mm -hmm. and that you want to continue to have throughout your marriage. Yeah. You have Mm. to be intentional and present. You know, a lot of times we don't, we're not present in our relationship. So you wonder why your relationship isn't going the way that you want because you're not present in it. You, You say, I want this, but you're not actively trying to make that happen in your relationship. So again, you have to be intentional and you have to be present. Hmm. It's funny you say that because I just an hour ago interviewed uh, a man who wrote a book called Untethered about our dependence on digital devices, hmm. especially our smartphones. And the way he was framing it is we are in a relationship with our phone yep. and we have to be careful Even he was saying at the dinner table, if you're not using your phones, but if phones are even just on the table in between people, they've shown that can knock down a couple IQ points because you're thinking, is somebody texting me right now or should I check my email? And then it also puts this barrier of these digital devices between you and you're not being fully present because you can see them out of the corner of your eye and maybe they're even lighting up or buzzing. So that was the first thing that came to mind in terms of being present. And I think I can definitely improve that. I think a lot of us can in terms of our uh, smartphones, but it was interesting to me how he phrased it of we're in a relationship with our phone and it's kind of freaky. Yeah, (laughs) We are. I mean, we go out to dinner and you know, sometimes we're out to dinner and I said, babe, look, look, look around the restaurant, looking around, everybody's head down, heads down, looking at their phones. Yes. No one's out enjoying them, their partner because they're looking at their phones. Yeah. So whenever we go out, that's a rule that uh, whether we're at the dinner table at home, whether we're out on a date night 
or whenever we're doing something together, the phones are put away because it's so easy because we use them so much that it's so easy to fall into that. But we have to be, again, intentional and present. So if I'm going out with you and I want to continue our um, continue our connection and deepen our relationship, I have to make sure that I'm present in the moment. So I have to be able to give you all of my attention as well as I am, you know, expecting all of your attention. And I think that's something we need to be very intentional because it's so easy to um, look at our phones, right? While we're waiting for our food or look at our phones just to pass the time because we're bored. So we have to definitely make sure that the relationship that we're having at that time is not with the phone, but with our spouse. (laughs) Yeah. And I think, you know, when you bring kids into it, that might be one hour a week if you're on a date night that you get together uninterrupted. Yes. But then if you're bringing the phone in, it's kind of offensive. Or if just one person is, it's maybe even more offensive. (laughs) This is the one hour you get with me and now you're on your phone. Yes, that writes that uh, in itself can start um, an argument or resentment or uh, start problems in the relationship where we don't even understand, like, why? Why are you upset? Not realizing that that person just wants your attention and your time. And that's what we're starting to um, get away from. We don't understand that the phone doesn't require our attention 24 hours a day. So we need to make sure that we're putting our attention in the right place when we're talking about building, maintaining, and having the ultimate relationship. You know, what are you doing that is going against those things? Hmm. You may have already tackled a few, but I'd love to hear what are some of the common misconceptions couples have about the idea of a happy marriage? <laughs> that the most important day is your wedding day mm. and not the actual marriage. That's one day. That's one moment in time. The wedding, you plan it, you have a good time, but you have the rest of your life in your marriage. And we don't put that much emphasis on that relationship, that marriage, as we did at that planning that wedding. So. I think one thing, like you said, we tapped on is that it needs to be maintained. Uh, definitely a misconception about a happy marriage is that if you get married happy and you're in love, that it's going to always be that way. We're never told or taught that a marriage needs to be maintained, which means that we have to love each other every day the same way, which means we can't stop doing those things that we enjoyed that brought us closer together or made us fall in love. Yeah. Super important. I, I'm going to botch this, but I heard one time, (laughs) (laughs) I always hear these brilliant quotes and then I have a pretty bad memory. I don't know. And then I mix them all up in my head, but okay. Some, okay. Maybe you'll get the point. We'll see. But somebody was trying to say, basically you don't fall in love because that's not an action really. It's, more of a passive thing of just falling and that love takes so much more, you know, like you're saying intentionality and action than just this idea of falling. So they were, I guess, trying to get the point across that they don't even really like that term of like you fall in love. It's more you work in love to stay in love or, you know, using more of an active verb. Oh yeah. I mean, that makes sense. Yeah. The first thing we, we are, we are attracted to the other person. That's the first mm-hmm. thing. I mean, we, we say that we're falling in love because we're attracted to that person without really doing any work. Because you can look at someone and say, man, I would like to probably date her. I would like to get to know her. Right. So that's the first part is just that just that attraction. And then we have to go from there. Well, love is an action word, but um, I think that's just something that we have um 
using is a term of falling in love, but part of the falling in love is all of the, it encompasses everything. It encompasses getting to know that person. It encompasses understanding um, their likes, wanting them to be happy, um, treating them with respect. The word falling in love is not just one thing. It's mm-hmm. It encompasses the whole array of what we're doing from the time we met until the time we marry, right? And it's the emotion, it's the feeling, but love is an action, which means that if we're falling in love, that means that you're doing things that makes me say, this person loves me. Because I'm showing it. Right. So it's the action that you're doing, whereas because he's showing me love, now I'm falling in love with the, you know, with what's happening. So I think we have to look at that term very lightly because that's kind of like kind of how we use the term, kind of how we the norm, like falling in love. So, you know, um, we can be skeptics and kind of go into a deeper uh, meaning of it. But just in the sense of this is that one thing about marriage when we were talking about the misconception is that we don't have to maintain it. And so all of those things that you did to um, for the work, right? So falling in love, meaning that I had to show you that I loved you. I had to buy you cards. I took you out. We we spent time together. I gave you my full attention. All of those things have to be continued in the marriage, even you know after, as we're like that after the party after we get married after right, the wedding. Right. So right. They're done. I've done all this. I've I've gotten the party now, and now it's time for us to be married. Now I don't have to do all those type of things. So that's what people think. So I'm right. thinking the that's things the that one were done mis- during the courtship, mm-hmm. we have to continue to do them. And whether, you know, we... And that's where a lot of couples fall short. It's like, I don't, mm-hmm. we don't need to go out to date night. We don't need to do this anymore. We're married. We're here all night. We are, we're here all the time together. So why do I need to keep doing this or keep spending unnecessary money? But you still have to date your significant other, always. So, so I mean, do you, yeah, I was do you say- really emphasize then the importance of like having fun with your partner? Do you think that's <laughs> critical? extremely critical because we get caught, we get caught up in life. Right. So it tells us that, you know, society does, we need to, you know, we're going to find someone, we're going to get married. We're going to have a couple kids. We're going to buy a house. Um, and then we're going to send the kids off to college and that's basically it. And we just live happily ever after, but it's a lot in between there. You know, that's why a lot of people, uh, by the time the kids go off to college, they've grown so far apart. They don't even know each mm-hmm. other. Because they, they yeah. kind of lost themselves. So, yeah, you have to have fun. You have to continue to date. But life takes on a serious um, a, a serious turn when you get married. Because now, for a man, you have to be the man of the house, right? You need to provide. That's what society says. So I need to provide. So there's a lot of weight put on men's shoulders because you're trying to live up to this, what society has put on us. So it's hard to have fun when you have all these responsibilities, especially when you're young. So if you continue to have fun and, and not really conform to societal pressures, I think your relationship will be better. But for us, it's already, you know, the, the, the women are going to have a couple kids and the men are going to work, you know, their heads off. So <laughs> that's, that's pretty much how society has it. So I think uh, part of when they say you should continue to have fun is that because let's just think about it. If you go to a party and you don't have fun, do you, did you enjoy yourself? So let's think of marriage in the same way. (laughs) Why wouldn't we want to have fun? Life is so much more enjoyable if you're having fun. And if I'm having fun with my mate or my partner or my spouse, whatever word you want to use, um, then that's going to make our relationship just that much stronger. It's going to, uh, 
build a bond between us that is unbreakable because not only do we have a partnership, but we're having fun in it. Mm -hmm. So fun just makes things a whole lot easier. Wouldn't you say, don't you like when you, if you go to the beach and and it rains, that's no fun. But if you go and it's (laughs) sunny and you're enjoying the water, life is just so much better when it's fun. I know you guys have kids. And so if somebody's listening to this and they think, okay, but how do you make time for date night when there's all the soccer practices and the school events? I mean, life is so busy. So especially with kids, what's your advice? Do you advise keeping a planned scheduled date night and getting a babysitter just set up all the time? Or how did you guys foster the fun and the date nights with kids? (laughs) Well, um, that's an excellent question. Um, And I'm going to be totally honest. I sucked at that. Um, for a long time. Well, you sucked at date night. You I sucked suck- at I sucked at date night for a long time, and I was the one that said, "Why are we going out spending money? We got to take care of these kids. We got to do all this other stuff. We could just buy some food and eat it here." Mm-hmm. So I'll let Tina. It took it took years, and I, and I'm just being honest, Brooke. It it took I years for me to see what Tina Marie was saying. That, hey, we need to go out because she was she'll set up date night and I will find a reason. To, uh, we don't need to go out today. I don't really want to go. There. I'm tired, you know, from work and all this other stuff. So I, I kind of fought a tooth and nail. But I can say now, now that we started doing date night, it is extremely important. And I think that, you know, raising the kids and putting the kids first, which is which is interesting in itself. But it was a time where we really needed to take it uh, date night and we didn't. So. Um, lesson learned, take out some time for you and your spouse because you really need it, even when you think you don't or you can't afford it because you could just do free picnics at the park. So, um, but in in the midst of all of that, mm-hmm. uh, one of the things that helped us is that we did things together. So Jason and I, um, with the kids and everything, we both coached. So therefore, whenever he needed to be out of the house with the kids, we were all there. So it was like a family So uh, we both coached together, our boys, as well as, you know, being there for our daughter. We were both out of town with that. So we've always done things together and we've always made it um, fun. Mm -hmm. So uh, whenever we needed to go out, we would always take the kids and sometimes we would have them sit at a different table, you know, where we could see them. But we've always done things together so that we didn't drift apart. Right. Hmm. So even, so you say, so the question was more, so what do you do when you have kids? Well, you can still have fun and incorporate date night with your kids, right? So even if it's something that you can do at home, you know, put, put on a movie for the kids, make, buy them some snacks, put them in one part of the house, and then you and your husband can be in another part of the house where you're having date night and it's just you and them but your kids are being taken care of in another part where, where you're not being disturbed. So there's plenty of options and other ways to do it where you don't have to really get a babysitter or go out. We have to be creative when we're trying to do things in a conventional way. So, you know, we all have schedules, we have work, we may have school. There's a lot of things on our plate now that we have to maintain from day to day. 
So again, when we say be intentional, think about, wow, you know, we both seem to be a little worn out and we seem to be drifting apart from each other and we haven't had fun in a while. What can we do that doesn't require us to have a babysitter every week or, you know, even if it's going skating, right, or going bike riding, it's something that you guys are doing together. Even if the kids are along, you go to the park, let them play on the swings while, while you and your, your husband, you know, does something just for the two of you guys because there's places that the kids are going to be entertained where you don't need to entertain them, but you can still have that quiet time. Date night doesn't always necessarily mean spending money or um, having to go out of your way to do something. We have to be really creative when, and intentional and be present when we're talking about how can we maintain our, our relationship. And that's what I had to learn. It wasn't about spending money. You're talking about date. I'm thinking about dating. So if we went out on a date night, I'm thinking about, okay, we're spending money because that's what I did when I was dating her. So I was like, okay, I don't want to do that. I don't, I don't want to spend that kind of money. <laughs> but now we start having fun, uh, fun stuff. And it's like, okay, you know, this is cool. We, we check this off. This is considered a date. Mm. So much mindset stuff. Perception. Like said, yes. Being, yes. Totally. Yeah. Yes. It's about your being perception. creative, thinking outside the box. I love the idea of like taking the kids to the park or setting them up like, with a movie, as you said, Right, because we, you could be in a different space with, you know, a glass of wine or a sippy cup of wine at the at the park. Nobody has to <laughs> exactly, <know. laughs> exactly. You know, kids will play for hours without ever disrupting you if they have everything they need. Right, so you can have their own little, you know, um, picnic basket with their things in it where they know, okay, here, this is going to be your basket. So whenever they need a drink or something, you know, they can go right to it without disturbing you, and you and your spouse can have the blanket and have conversation. You can take something. Well, now we have our iPhones, right? You can play music. You guys hmm. can engage. You can talk about your week, things, your, your dreams, you, you know, anything, anything that's going on that's going to create something between you and your spouse. We have to think outside the box. You know, a lot of people say, well, I don't have time. I can't go out on a date from, you know, we get home at seven. We have to have dinner. There's a lot of things you can do. We just have to think differently. We have to ch change our perception and change our mindset and say, what's more important, the time that I spend with my spouse or making excuses why I can't spend time with my spouse? Mm. I don't have kids yet, but one of my friends had a baby a while ago, and she said that her boss actually gave her incredible advice and said, your kid is literally always going to try to stop you from doing things, whether it be like you're saying date night or travel, or they're going to make things harder, but they're only going to actually stop you from doing those things if you let them. And so it may be more challenging to arrange something like you're saying, but if it's your priority, like you're saying, if you have the intention, you have this can do attitude, you can still make it happen. Not to say it won't be tougher or more challenging than when you were just a couple or when you were single, but just kind of accepting the fact that they're always going to make it a little harder <laughs> and then just saying, all right, like, give me, give it to me, you know, like I'll accept the challenge. I take this on. I'm still going to prioritize these things. That's I, the part of being a family, right? I think, yeah. And I think that um, kids get a bad rap. I think they do. They do take up a lot of your time, but what was really enjoyable for me is that we we always did things together. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. I didn't make the kids an excuse. So we had to do stuff. We always included them so that not only was our relationship stronger, but our family dynamics was stronger. 
So we always mm. did things as a family. And then um, whenever we did have time, we made time for us. But, you know, I think we have to, since you ha don't have kids yet, Brooke, now is a time for you and your um, husband to start thinking of, you know, what can we do now? How, you know, if, if, when, you know, if, and when we have children, how are we going to incorporate that little person into our lives where we continue to um, maintain our, our marriage, but still incorporate them in them it, within it so that that person understands the value of marriage and the value of family. And I think it helped our kids um, interact with, you know, now that they're grown, grown kids, <laughs> now that they're grown, how they interact with the young ladies and young men in their lives, because they've seen us interact with each other. One, in a family setting. Two, as individuals, uh, mom and dad working, um, you know, going on date nights, holding hands, walking down the street, you know, just having interactions and stuff. So it has helped them and in their adult life. So I see that. I really like the, the young men. I always talk about my boys. So the young man, how I'll see my son, he'll go around there and open the door for the young lady and let her in. I said, hmm. Uh, maybe he was paying a little attention to me, you know? <laughs> so chivalry is not dead. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, but, you know, that, that's what I did because that's what I wanted to do. You know, that's how I was raised. So now he's incorporating that. So I, I, I kind of picked up, saying, wow, all those, you know, all that traveling we did, all of that going out, ordering and stuff like that. So those things are learned. So you just kind of help the family out with that. Hmm. I've read the opinion on, I think, you know, medium articles or different blogs or things. And people have said that too much is expected now of modern relationships. So your partner is expected to be your best friend, your therapist, your childcare, your coworker, your romantic partner. What are your thoughts on that? Hmm. No, I think you should marry the person you're attracted to first. <laughs> and then after that, I don't, I don't think you need all of those because if you, marry the right person and you choose correctly you have someone that has your back which is i think the most important thing and everything else falls into place the, the problem you know people always say i, I want to marry my best friend i, I don't want to marry my best friend i want to marry the person i'm attracted to my best friend is my best friend right i want to marry someone that has a totally different type of relationship and if i marry the right person my, she's going to be like, kind of like my best friend, because she's going to have my back, have my, you know, understand my deepest um, insecurities, all of those things that I can share with her. But I don't think you need all that. If you marry the right person, you have all of that, but I don't think you should look to, you know, marry or, or, or you know, marry my best friend and all because that really doesn't exist. You, you, you just can't do that, but you need to find a person that you're attracted to and make the best relationship you can with that. So, Brooke, as, as we were saying, you know, the man's perspective, the woman's perspective. So <laughs> I think that um, in listening to that question, I think that when we talk about modern relationships, I think the modern society just makes things more complicated than it needs to be. Um, if you are um, if you and this person are choosing to live your life together and I, we know as as a single person, we have issues and things that we need to tackle each and every day. As married couples, we're going to have double that, right? So um, I think that if we're always there and open and working on our relationship, then we don't need to have titles. So I think that um, we kind of overthink it. Modern relationships are uh, 
just the same as any other. It's again, mindset is perspective. And if I can help you to be a better person and you can help me to be a better person, then I don't think we need to put titles on it. Mm, I love that. I'd love to talk about conflict because <laughs> every relationship has conflict. It's inevitable. Do you guys have any tips that you've come across over the years that you share with couples that you counsel for fighting or arguing better? Yes. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> the first thing we need to do, it's okay. first thing is it's okay to argue. That means you're growing. You know, you're not staying the same and you have disagreements. People think that that's a bad thing. No, you're coming from two separate backgrounds. You have two different outlooks. You're going to have some disagreements. Now, here's the thing. You can't do it disrespectfully. If you can disagree, but you can do it in a respectful manner, we're okay. We can grow. We can still disagree. We can still be upset with one another, but we can get through it. It's that when we go too low and have, you know, get too personal, you know, trying to get your point across is where we have issues. So it's okay to disagree and argue, but long as we do it respectfully, everybody can get their point across. You may not win that battle at that time, but if you can say what you need to say and also listen to what the other person is saying, because I have a point, you know, I may be arguing my point and I think that, Hey, I'm, I'm, I'm right. This, I'm winning this thing. This, this is my mind to win. Right. But come to find out as I'm listening back, it's like, yeah, that's a good point. Maybe, maybe I need to change the way that I think on this. So if we can do that type of stuff, it's okay. But again, you're going to win some, you're going to lose some, but you have to be open. And then when you're disagreeing, you need to listen to the other person. If you can do that, you can, you can increase, uh, you can decrease all the um, um, disagreements. So my take, what I, we usually tell when we're counseling people is that um, when you're disagreeing, right, because it's inevitable, when you're disagreeing that, first of all, uh, we should take the time to calm down and then see things from the other person's perspective. Why are we arguing? Is it a disagreement because this is the way I was raised or this is the way you were raised? So first we have to make sure that we're not in a place of um, at a high level of uh can't think of the word right now. Anger? Yeah. So so we have to calm down. The first thing is to calm down and then be willing to discuss it in a neutral setting, which means that no one feels threatened, no one's winning, no one's losing. We have to be able to um, agree to come to a place. I know Jason and I, we talk about it and we call it, you know, love talks, whereas we understand that, okay, I need you to see my point of view and listen to it um, objectively. So we can't be listening to respond. We have to actually be listening to understand what are your valid points and how can I see things from your perspective so that I can get the understanding that you're coming from and you can get the understanding that I'm coming from. And we can resolve this in a very respectful manner where no one's feelings are hurt and words that, that shouldn't be said aren't said. Because you really can't unhear what you've heard. So right. you have to be careful with what you say. Yeah. How do you get to that space when you're calmer and you can listen objectively over time? Has that just happened sooner or do you take like 30 minutes? No, what what I think is so what couples can do right now where they are um, if they disagree a lot is to first when you're not disagreeing to come together and say, OK, whenever we let's make a, a pack 
amend that or make let's understand that whenever we disagree that we're going to go into a safe space a safe space of no judgment. It's a no judgment zone. It's not who's right and who's wrong. We're going to be able to sit down and talk. So if you do it when you're already calm, so that when you get to that point, you're able to actually handle it a little better because you know if, if disagreements are happening, let's talk about what we can do prior to the disagreement so that we know how to handle it going into it. And so mm-hmm. it just takes, again, intention. It takes a different mindset. Instead of waiting until things blow up and then, you know, um, we're too far gone to come back, what we're going to do is we're, when we're calm and not disagreeing, we're going to discuss the things that we need to do when things arrive, arise. Right. So when, you know, when we say love talk, whoever initiates the love talk, then the other person is listening. So that means, okay, you know, Tina Marie has something on her mind that she wants to talk to me about. So I'm in listening mode. now. I may not respond um, at the same time. I may respond tomorrow after I had time to digest it. Because remember, I'm not in attack mode. I'm in a listening mode. And I need to sometime digest it because my first thing is to, wait a minute, what do you mean? Why, why are to you saying defensive. this? Right. Mm-hmm. I, you know, but once I sit back and cultivate and think about it and let it marinate a little bit and I come back and say, well, Okay, well, I kind of understand your point, you know, your point of view, and then we'll kind of discuss it a little bit further. So it's not a we're going to take, you know, an hour. We're going to get this thing resolved because that may not work like that. So we have to approach conflict differently. So we can't approach conflict the same way we've have we've done in the past. So um, I think part of understanding that we're going to approach it differently puts us in a different mindset altogether. So when we do disagree, you know, it takes a moment for us to say, okay, well, this is something that we strongly disagree in. Let's take a moment to just like sit down, digest, or, you know, kind of cool down a little bit. And then let's approach this differently than what we have in the past. Because if we're going to, if we keep doing things the same way we've always done, then nothing is going to change. So we have to approach conflict differently. I love that. Yeah. That's something I tell clients a lot with nutrition of change requires change. Yes, yes it does. So yes, if nothing- you want to change, you're going to have to change something. <laughs> yeah. So nothing changes if nothing changes. Right. And yeah. it's best to talk about, you know, issues or how you're going to approach it before you get to the anger point so that you know what you're going to do when it gets there. Right. Because it's already boiling in. Right. So you already know you you disagree. Yeah. You already disagree. You know, like say you're doing something and you uh, I'm kind of irritated by it, but I won't say anything. I won't say anything until I reach that point where I can't take it anymore. But there was a time when I could have just talked about and said, you know what, babe, I really don't like when you do that. That kind of rubs me the wrong way. Can can you not do this anymore? That's a much better conversation than you always doing that. And you really, and then, you know, <laughs> just, tempers get elevated and things like that. So we have other issues. So or understanding, like we said, like we always talk about understanding from the other person's perspective, because let's try to understand why they do what they do, as opposed to arguing over what we do, you know, why we do what we do. Sometimes it just, it just takes us to just take a minute and say, well, let me understand why, you know, and we argue over certain things because you want it this way or I want it that way. Also, conflict conflict changes because what I used to like, the things, you know, I used to like the things that you did. I may not like them later on. So, you know, so, you, you know, your as your relationship evolves, things like that evolve. So you have to pay attention right. to that. So what I used to like, I don't like anymore. 
Or it may not. Used so, to be cute. Yeah. Now it's annoying. <laughs> now it irritates me. Yep. <laughs> or it used to be okay that you left your socks on the floor, right? So now, yeah. you know, three, four, ten years later, you're like, why do you always leave your socks on the floor? So we just, you know, sometimes it's habit. Sometimes we, the other person just doesn't know. We're not aware yeah. of it. So we're just approaching conflict differently. I like what you said, Jason, about how you even will wait till the next day. You just really listen. And then I think maybe a popular idea out there is the whole, you have to solve conflict Mm -hmm. immediately or have that conversation and kind of wrap it up with a shiny bow before you go to bed or the whole idea of like, (laughs) don't go to bed angry. And and that's funny because, you know, the whole, like I said, the misconception is you don't go to bed angry. Well, I go to bed angry, you know, we've, over the years, many times, because things haven't gotten resolved. Whether you try yeah. to put a bow on and be like, no, I'm not angry. And deep down inside, you're like, yeah, I'm still mad. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's not helpful, right? No, it's, no. it's not. <laughs> yeah, I think sometimes, too, I mean, maybe you're really angry because you're sleep deprived or something. So maybe sleep would help. Exactly. <laughs> sleep helps a lot of things. <laughs> or, or, you know, you get to a point, you'd be like, you're not hearing me. No, I'm yeah. probably not hearing you right now. And sometimes, actually, if we think, if we take a moment to think about conflict, some conflicts in marriages, it's not even about the two people in the marriage. You could have really had a bad day of work or you could have had a bad drive home. I mean, it could be so many other things that just push you that way. We have a tendency of taking our spouse for granted, which means that everything that we keep in on the inside during the day, we have a, t- a tendency of letting it overboil when we get to, you know, get home. So sometimes yeah. just, just, you know, like you said, re- let's resolve it. Let's talk about it tomorrow, but let's talk about it in a, in a much more respectful manner where we can both understand each other. Yeah. And I don't think there's ever been a time when my husband and I have decided to kind of table something and talk about it the next day when we've woken up and it's been worse. I feel like every single time we wake up and we have clearer heads and we're in a different space and the conflict is always resolved much better than it would have been at, let's say 11 PM at night. Exactly. (laughs) Exactly. You know, I mean, we're just not, it's not going to happen. And then we're both just getting tired and thinking, if I don't go to bed now, I'm not going to get enough sleep. I mean, it's just not the time. So just go to bed. (laughs) Exactly. It's okay. And I think one of my biggest things that we must understand in marriage is that we have to stop majoring in the minors. You know, not everything is as, you know, important as we want it to be. Like we have to really make sure that is this something that's so vitally important that we need to argue over or that I need to um, continue to argue just to get my point across? So we have to, again, be intentional and, and realize what's important in our marriages. Right. It's okay to let go sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. That idea of don't sweat the small stuff or choose your battles. Yep. I mean, it's, it's over said maybe or trite at this point, but probably for good reason because it's true. I think people say it without actually doing it. We hear it, but we don't, we don't implement it. We don't apply it. (laughs) You you continue to choose every battle. (laughs) Right. Right. Yeah. I ask each of my guests a final question. I'd love to hear both of your takes on it. Um, The question is, in your opinion, what does it mean to make the health investment, which feel free to take it however you want. If you want to talk about it in terms of healthy marriage investment or However you want to tackle that one. Health investment. Well, I I would come from the, um, I would come from the relationship standpoint, but I know your podcast is about, you know, healthy eating. So uh, I'll, I'll do both, you know, cause that's, as we get older too, 
we have to maintain a good healthy balance, right? And it, and it helps with in, intimacy and a lot of other things in a healthy relationship. So you need to um, um, kind of change your your mindset. Um, I kind of lost my train of thought. There for a <laughs> Sorry, bro. I was following. You I was hanging on everyone? every word. No, 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 no. Okay, <laughs> okay so to make a a, a healthy uh, health investment is to invest in yourself, whether it be eating correctly, which would help with um, better intimacy, um, better energy, all those things, which would help you with your relationship. Now, with your relationship, taking a healthy in- investment is become the best version of yourself as you possibly can. Because once you find out what you truly want in your relationship and in your marriage, you can truly show that in your relationship. A lot of times why people can't really have the relationship that they want because they don't know what they really want. Find out what you truly want in your relationship and then go after it and make it happen in yours. So that's the most important part. Invest in yourself. Become the best version of yourself so that way you can be the best spouse. Be what you want to have in your relationship. Hmm. So uh, my take on a health investment would be that if we're not taking care of ourselves, you know, in regards to our health, then we won't be there. We can't have a spouse if we're not really taking care of ourselves uh, every single day, which means that we're making sure that we're, as Jason said, being the best version of yourself means that I'm eating correctly. I'm sleeping correctly. I'm doing not only, there's a lot of information out there, but I'm applying to my life what's going to give me a healthy relationship and a healthy lifestyle. So if I'm um, not investing in me and in my marriage, then it can't be, the, you know, it can't be healthy. So that's kind of yeah. my, investing in it in, in whatever terms that you need to, whether it's with your diet, whether it's with reading and understanding, getting, um, having fun, investing in every area so that you as a person and your marriage that we talk about is complete and whole all the way around. Yeah, really well said, both of you, even you, Jason. Thank you. <laughs> the train left the station for a moment. So. <laughs> That's okay. Happens to the best of us. It's a, it's the end of a long day, right? <laughs> Where can listeners follow and find you guys? I'm sure everybody's going to want to connect with you off air. Oh, wonderful. Yep, so you can find us at legendaryrelationship.com. And that's where you can find us on Instagram and Facebook. Or you can listen to our uh, podcast at Loving Beyond the I Do. So when you get married, you say I do. And our podcast is Loving Beyond the I Do. And you can get that anywhere you listen to podcasts. We're also on YouTube. Just look up Loving Beyond the I Do. Awesome. And I will say your podcast, very, very well produced. You guys have got <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. You guys have a special room. I mean, I wish you could see me right now. I do have a broken leg, so that's changed things a little bit. But I am sitting on my bed with my egg, my leg elevated on a pillow. With a, <laughs> it looks like an aviation headset on. And yours, you have a studio, you have a background, you have graphics that pop up. I mean, it's really cool if people want to check out the YouTube because you do, even though it's a podcast, you have a visual component as well that's really cool. 
Yeah, so yeah. we started the visual because um, a lot of listeners were like, wow, we would really like to see you guys because, but then Jason, so we did it because the viewers wanted to see us, but unfortunately, you know, for me, that made it really hard because now I have to do hair and makeup. Yeah. Instead right. of just, like, like I could you, just pop down and I'm ready to go. <laughs> it's like, you yeah, know, like I could be sitting, like we could be sitting in our studio, just relaxing and in our PJs ready to go to bed afterwards. But now, you know, we have to do it at a decent hour hmm. and I have to be ready, but um, <laughs> it's all fun. And I think it helps our listeners connect to us more. So yeah. I know whenever we read a book or listen to something, we vision things in our head. So now people can actually put, our voices to our faces and kind of connect with us on a deeper level to kind of understand who we are, where we come from, and then see us. So in case right. they ever see us in the street, they go, hi, Jason and Tina Marie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you guys are probably, you're getting recognized all over the place. <laughs> I, no, I was saying in the future. If we do. Oh, in the future, in the future. <laughs> so if someone happens to see us in the store, they yeah. like, I think that's Jason and Tina Marie. No, we only no, get spotted awesome. by the people we know. Yep. That's okay. It's probably better that way. It's probably better that way. Yes. Well, thank you so, so much for giving me your time and for sharing all of your awesome relationship wisdom with my audience today. We greatly appreciate it. And thank you so much to your audience. Um, thank you for having us. It's been a pleasure. Um, thanks for reaching out. I mean, I know we had a, a fun time on, on our podcast and this has been fun. So I really enjoyed it. Brooke, you, you're wonderful. We, we, we really, we were crazy about you, Brooke. Yeah. So right. um, I, yeah. I'm like we said, we're uh, honored to be here. And I hope that what we have said has given some value to some people. And again, um, you know, the podcast goes into depth for more, you know, more information for what we've talked about, but just being able to reach out and meet and network with people like you makes the podcast all worthwhile. Yep. I agree. Yeah. That's the best, best part yes. of podcasting. I used to have a blog before this and I joke that I just one day decided, Oh, instead of writing a blog, I'll just start a podcast as if it's just <laughs> the easiest thing to do. It is. <laughs> And I had no idea what it entailed and kind of the Just huge learning curve. Um, but that is really the richness that it brings. It is. connecting with people all over the world, too. Yes. Yes. So yes. yes. Yeah. It's such awesome. a joy to be able to meet people like you because without the podcast, we never would have met you. And I know exactly. that we have been friends for way longer than when we first spoke. A hundred percent. I know. Well, I look forward to staying connected with you virtually off air and then hopefully someday in person. Yes. Yes. yes, yes. Definitely. Definitely. Thanks guys. All right. Thank you. Thank you, Brooke. Have a great evening. Well, that's all for today. Thanks again for joining me here on the health investment podcast. I'm so grateful for each and every one of my listeners. On your way out, remember to hit subscribe so that you never miss an episode. See you next week. All content in this podcast was created for general informational purposes only by a non-physician. None of the content should serve as a substitute for professional medical advice, treatment, or diagnosis. Always consult a qualified health provider with any questions regarding a medical condition and before making changes to your diet, lifestyle, and or exercise programs. Do not disregard any professional medical advice you have received or postpone seeking such advice because of something you heard on this podcast.